100 metres to run, Knight's Order showing no signs of stopping in the Winter Cup. Knight's Order goes on to win it by two lengths. Cos I heard you move for 22, has it been a long night? I guess time just flew. I've got voices in my head and there's a definite silence. I've got voices in my head and I can lie. I've been holding on to pieces, swimming in the deep end. Trying to find my way back to you cos I need it. Yesterday at Eagle Farm Racecourse for the running of the Queensland Oaks, all about that filly uh, Dewis to give Edward Cummings his first Group One winner. He joins the rest of the family now at the highest level in the sport, and Hugh Bowman is now one away from 100 Group One wins in his career. Uh, Ronnie Duffersy was with me at Eagle Farm yesterday. Lizzie was at Rose Hill. It was a moment, wasn't it? A real yeah, special moment. My word, he's built him, you know, hasn't had the silver spoon put in front of him yet. He's, he's gone mm -hmm. out and he's rented boxes at Hawkesbury. He's found an owner at the golf club. He's, <laughs> he's uh, uh, won the Oaks with a filly that's just come from nowhere. Um, and a very confident jockey. Yeah. Uh, who's just the uh, rotor like. He just had a lap on him, mm -hmm. and a, a great, great story. One of many stories yesterday, I would have thought. And Tommy Berry, four winners, hundred in the bag on the on the board. Um, Chris Waller passes forty million in prize money again. Mm. What a day for Chris! Big day. Yep, big day. Covered it all there. I think it was at Rose Hill Gardens. Was all about Tommy Berry and, and Chris Waller, and Tommy's um, unfortunately. He's incurred a suspension, so he's nine behind James McDonald at the moment for the Premiership, and he's really got a, the bit between his teeth. He really, he really is chasing it, but that suspension's going to, um, you know, play havoc with him yep. sort of moving forward. So that was a couple of stories out of Rose Hill Gardens. Bernie, it was about uh, Bernie Cooper joining us from Brisbane. It was about Edward Cummings yesterday, but the Queenslanders were to the fore in the in the undercard. Yeah, they certainly were. It was just a fantastic day of racing. I guess one of the most important things was that the track raced in terrific order. We saw horses leading, we saw horses coming down the outside, slipping up the inside, coming from last. So that was a huge tick of approval, obviously, for everyone. It was history-making as far as Edward Cummings winning his first Group 1. And obviously, Tony Gollan had a fabulous day out winning the Group 2 Morton Cup and indeed uh, the Queensland Stakes, which was the last race with uh, the blowout horse Satanta. 
Let's go back and watch the uh, Oaks in full. And uh, early in the race, Huey Bowman drops Dewis out at the start, and she did the rest. Dewis away okay. Easy Far came out on its nose there. Good size began well, rolling forward bargain. Also, Granson Harmony. Easy Far going forward now. Only words out four and five wide. And Rue, Rue, it's trapped out deeper as well. Next one, Charm Sard, Senor Nera. Out three wide there is Yatton. Back nearer the rail is Rebel Rama. Further back in the field of Mashani Whisper and Dewis. She's gone back to last over on the inside there. It's Easy Far by length and a half from Only Words and third over on the rail is good size and fourth the outside bargain. Next pair down Rue Rue and also Gradison Harmony and further back in the field too Charm Star over on the outside of Splendiferous. A length and a half Senor Ranera, Rebel Rama further back in the field of Mashani Whisper Jewett's the second last over on the rail about nine or ten lengths off the leader a length and a half to Yatton who brings up the rear so it's easy far by a neat length from second as only words and third good size. Fourth the outside bargain. A length and a half to Roo Roo over on the outside and then we've got Gradison Harmony a length further back to Chang Star and a further back in the field to the Splendiferous there is over on the inside of Senor Ranera. Next one there is Rebel Rama, Mashani Whisper on the outside Jewett still back second last last of all is Yatton, the best part of nine or ten lengths off the leader so as they swing down the side here and Roo has got the lead now by a length and a half seconds easy, far third only words and fourth over on the inside is good soils. Bargain fifth the outside. A length and a half to Granson Harmony, Charm Star. Next one further back in the field there, creeping forward to Senor Ranera. differences further back and then Rebel Rama and just in behind those horses then we've got uh, third last there, Mashani Whisper. Jewett still back second last and Yatnova on the rail swings and last at the 500. Just in front is Ruru here from Easy Far. Only words on the outside making ground. Senor Ranera running home as well. differences further back and Jewett is coming through the field and she's making round two. It's only words just in front. Here comes Dewis. Also Charmstar down the outside. Senor Ranera. Easy farm back near on the inside. But Dewis has read the lead. Trying hard as Charmstar. Senor Ranera. But Dewis heavily backs. It's too good in the Oaks. Dewis. Dewis has won it brilliantly. Second will be Charmstar third. Senor Ranera followed by the Splendiferous Easy Far. Then we had Bargain. And that was also Huey Bowman's third Oaks. And um, as easy as you like, the old saying, time will tell, but how good is she, Dewis? We don't know. She's just come from nowhere. She come from a midweek at Warwick Farm, and then all of a sudden she's on a um, ATC Oaks program, and she gets right through mm. and uh, runs a great race in the Oaks, and then, bang, seven weeks. I, I know Ed will say, oh, no, I've done that with her before. I'll give her seven weeks between runs, but that's in a benchmark 62 at Warwick Farm. Over a mile? Yeah, over a mile. So, you know, he, 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 a, a, a real feather in his cap, I think, to, to trust uh, his own judgement with uh, a filly like this, saying, oh, I can get a right for a Group 1 2200 after seven weeks off, uh, something I don't think his grandfather would have even have tried. No, and you put that to him on radio, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. You said Bart wouldn't have done this. No. Well, what, did you see the progression of Jewish ju during the Sydney Carnival getting to the Sydney Oaks? Yep, she she was very, very um, well turned out when she won at Warwick Farm and Huey was quite excited about her on that occasion as mm. well. And that was actually Ed's, this is how far he's come, that was his first Metropolitan winner. Yeah. She was his first Metropolitan winner. Then he was, she was his first Saturday winner and group winner, mm. and then obviously now Group One. So he's this. She is going to hold a very oh, special yes. place in his heart.
Yes. She looks a real stayer, doesn't she? Mm. The way she just pokes out the back, minds her own business. So I know we can get carried away with three-year-old fillies in the winter and, um, you know, we keep coming back to ethereal and we, we, we lay the hat, oh, you know, but not many can do it. Uh, but she has got a good opportunity there, the way her racing style is, uh, when she gets to these longer distances, that just to really shape up in the spring. Bernie, it's a feather in your cap when you beat Chris Waller, especially when he's got six against you. Yes, it is, isn't it? And it all comes back to probably a couple of things. One is that this filly is or has the most amazing attitude uh, for a stayer. Like when, when they came out of the barriers and Huey said, not yet, let's just switch off. She was just so happy uh, to do it. She really only started to work into the race from the 600 metre mark. And as you've already discussed, this training method, which we see often uh, with the international horses during the Melbourne spring, these horses, a number of these horses were perhaps at the end and maybe even tired heading into this Oaks. Whereas this filly was the fresh girl on the scene, number of weeks between runs and, and obviously ran away with this group one win. So a real credit to Edward Cummings to adopt those sort of more modern perhaps training methods with this filly. And perhaps it's something for everyone else to, to look and learn. And now Charm Star runs a second in two Oaks. Firstly, the New Zealand Oaks and now the Queensland Oaks. Uh, we'll come back and talk about any of the beaten brigade in a moment, but let's go to what happened post-race. Uh, here is Edward Cummings and Hugh Bowman after they won the Queensland Oaks. Yeah, it's definitely been an interesting experience and I suppose I thought she could win that way and I'm glad that she did. Tell us about this filly. How did you get her to the Oaks off a break like that off her last placing at Ramwick? Well, we've done it before already in the prep. You know, she was about seven weeks between runs from Hawkesbury to Warwick Farm. We took her to the trials about three weeks out from Warwick Farm and we put Hugh on in the trial. We put Hugh on at Warwick Farm and she ran a PB. I think we've just done the same thing. I'm surprised not enough people found that out before we got here. Hugh Bowman wasn't interested in anything at the start. He just dropped us straight out. Yeah, she's that sort of a filly, you know, she's um, she's very kind filly, very willing filly. Uh, when you ask her to be, she's very strong, you know, she's got an amazing system and, uh, you know, a win like that obviously makes uh, makes you think about bigger prospects in the spring. I think those, those prospects come sort of much more firmly into focus now. Coming to the home turn, Huey just had to get into the clear and he did that quite easily in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Look, but he also had the horsepower underneath him. I think he knew that. Uh, we sort of discussed before we uh, before he got legged on that he would um, he'd, he'd have a very clear idea of what to be doing at about the half mile, and that's how it panned out. So very, very pleased to see him um, navigate a path, and you know he's he's the best in Australia in my mind, and I think he's proven it once again today. Can you tell us all what you're feeling right now? You've watched your. You've watched your brother, your father, your grandfather. You didn't quite see your great-grandfather. But they've all trained Group 1 winners, and you're with them now. Yeah, look, it's very surreal. I suppose I'll probably, you know, come to terms with, them, with it a little bit better, you know, in the next few hours and the next few days and maybe in the next few months too. But um, there's something about this game that makes you want to get up the next day and work harder and, and, and be bigger and stronger and, and prove it again and again. So whilst I'm very thankful for the opportunity, I'm, I'm 
I'm absolutely um, thrilled with today's result. I know that you know there's a lot of hard work left in front of us. Was this a goal when you went out on your own to to do something like this in in an early part of your singular career? Definitely. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, no, no one really knows what the future holds. All you can do is your best. And uh, we've worked our butts off, as, as I hope many people understand. And, and we started from zero. Uh, no horses in the stable. We, we built that up day by day, week by week, month by month. Kept believing in ourselves. And, and here we are. So I'd like to think that the same ethic will carry us a long way into the future. I had a similar mindset prior to the start that I did uh, last week on Sen October and I just felt with a shorter run to the first corner there might be a bit more pressure and she was seven or eight weeks between runs, I was mindful of that and I know, I know the class she's got because I've had a bit to do with her so I thought if I leave her alone and don't get involved in tactics early I know she'll produce late and you know what, if it wasn't run to suit and that didn't happen you know, I had the support of everyone behind her so that gives me as a jockey a lot of confidence. I had the confidence in her and she delivered in spades. How heartwarming is it for you to ride Edward Cummings' first Group 1 winner? Uh, it means a lot to me, Bernie. I mean, I rode Group 1 winners for Bart Cummings, uh, Anthony Cummings, James Cummings and now Edward. And it's of no surprise that this filly's done this and I think the best is still ahead of her. I'm not going to make any wild predictions, but, you know, she's an immature three-year-old filly and I think Edward deserves all the accolades to have the patience not to run her between runs um, and, and to deliver her here in a Group 1 race, you know, with a huge space between runs, I think, shows enorm enormous uh, maturity beyond, beyond his years as a horse trainer and um, this is a beginning of a very bright future for him. Absolutely. You really nail it there because, I mean, he comes from such a stoic um, path of legendary trainers, but he's really adopted a modern way of taking things on. Yes, he has. And, you know, like I, he's great to speak to. He's very real and he's been around the game his whole life. He, he mightn't have decided as quite as early as James to be a horse trainer, but uh, from the time he did decide to go that way, you can see that he really takes everything in and uh, like all the comings before him, he asks lots of questions <laughs> and what he, what he takes of those answers, I'm not quite sure, but hopefully if I hang around the family long enough, I might learn something myself. Awesome work. Thanks, Huey. Thank you. Doesn't this tell a story? Hugh Bowman's Group 1 wins for all the Cummings family. He's ridden Group 1 winners for James six times, Bart twice, when James and Bart were together twice. Um, for Bart it was twice with Norzita. For James and Bart it was twice with Hallowed Crown. With Anthony Cummings it was the Tancred on five and a half star. Edward yesterday and James has been on, uh, for James I think there's, I think there might have been four or five individual Group 1 winners. Horses like Microphone and uh, bivouac. So, look, th th he's he's gone from Bart down to Edward. Yeah, what a story. Uh, what a story. It's unbelievable, you know. Generations and generations. Mm. And Huey's still at the top of his game. And uh, a lovely, confident ride. And uh, he just you can just see when jockeys have got confidence in a horse, it flows through. They they don't care. He just took no part, just no. picked his way through the field. I must say, the, the, the sire of that winner, Seamus Award, is having a run. He's an underrated sire and can produce a nice staying type. 
Uh, Huey's three Oaks winners, Vitesse Dane, Winks, Dewis. Um, the beat, Bernie, the Beaton Brigade, any more to talk about uh, behind Dewis? Uh, well, Bargain did strike a little bit of interference. Um, obviously, nothing would have made any difference to, to endangering the winner. Charm Star obviously had nice improvement in her after her first run in the Roses. Um, thought Splendiferous was good, and I guess in the wash up, the vet, uh, good size, pulled up with, uh, I think, fluid um, in her throat. So there were issues there, so she had excuses. Here's, uh, here's what the jockeys had to say. McAvoy, Charm Star. She's put forward a nice run there today. Um, got into a midfield spot. I was happy when the pace was a bit stronger, passing the 1400 metre mark. Um, she presented at the top of the straight. Um, she probably, ideally, she'll stay, you know, mile and a half, um, and and she probably just just prefers a little bit of juice in the ground. So, um, you know, hopefully she can win some races here in Australia. Nashville Willis, Splendiferous. Yeah, great effort by the team. Together, run so well. Um, she's sort of only lightly race and it's her first preparation, basically. So. Um, we tried to sort of get her to really switch off today, and you can see a couple of times she's still a little bit keen in the run, but uh, to her credit, she, she found the line really well, and um, she's got a promising career. Josh Parr, bargain? Uh, it took a long time for, us to, for me to get her moving from the 600, got to clear air and, and was happy with that. Once a horse got to her outside, she, she wanted to wander away from it, and uh, yeah, it just took a long, long time to get the top speed. Luke Dittman, easy far. She jumped well. She actually fell over at the gates and probably fired her up a little bit and sort of went around to the lead and just tried to steady her up as much as I could. Um, she never really put the bit down until Rue went round her and probably just a telling factor over 2200. Craig Williams, only words? Yeah, we had to uh, navigate from wide barrier. I thought she offset that quite nicely in a slow, ended up being a slow round race. I was always managing her speed. Thought I got into a nice rhythm with her without her getting too keen at parts of the race. And then when the pressure came on, it just fired her up a little bit. She travelled strong into the straight. But against this calibre of at horse and at the extended distance and her just using a bit of petrol throughout the race, she was just vulnerable late. Ben Thompson, Yatton? Yeah, she just stayed. Um, she's very one-paced. Um, sort of was a long way back, but passed a couple high, not the running. So honest enough. James McDonald, Grayson Harmony? Yeah, she just pulled and didn't allow herself to stay. Jimmy Orman, Mashani Whisper? Yeah, just a bit outclassed in this race. Okay, so that is the uh, Oaks from yesterday. Let's go to the uh, the new race, the Sapphire Stakes. It's half a million dollar fillies and mares wait for age over a mile. And uh, winning form is good form. And now that she's in winning form, it was nudge. Yeah, and she's uh, she's just airborne. Um, she's a uh, good filly. Has been really good all the way through, mare, I should say. Um, had multiple excuses all preparation with slowly run races um, bias against her but all of a sudden she's gone bang bang um, in the O'Neill and now in this race and um, huge performance Gee, she can rattle off a, a sectional and the old saying she is airborne Yamazaki settled better yesterday and and that's two good runs in a row from her rock o'clock uh, run to her form and very well. She looked She looked a winner in the run, didn't she? Natoya, they backed her off the map and she she uh, was, a, you know, she presented at the right time and just, they were just a little bit too good for her late but uh, she seemed to have her chance but uh, she's just a, a mare in the zone, there's no doubt about it, nudge. And, and Bernie, she, she has to go to the Tats Tiara now. Oh gosh, yeah, she's 
check that Eagle Farm box. As Ronnie says, she's just low flying at the moment. So terrific run. I thought Yamakaze was super. She's yet to win at the mile, but still a super run. And Natoya, well, she was coming back from that Doom and Cup run. So perhaps just not as sharp there yesterday. But I think she's going to go to the Q22 next week. So that was a nice, uh, nice tune-up for that, wasn't it? Um, Natoya won't retire. She'll never retire. She'll be going around this time next year in the same race. Um, here's Chris Waller and uh, Kara McAvoy. Seem to thrive when they find that confidence. Her runs from Sydney were good, and since she's been here in the Queensland stable, she's basically gone to a whole new level. And you, you only really had to find a little bit because it wasn't she, she wasn't being beaten a long way. She just couldn't get into the winner's store. Yeah, luck and running. So we've basically taken luck out of the equation the last two. She's gone back to near last from wide draws and Kieran hasn't panicked and she's got the job done both times and it's a great prize money race. So it's good to be running in these types of races at this time of the year. And now surely the Tatch Tiara has to be a possibility. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's coming back to 1,400 metres today was a mile. So, um, look... We'll keep her nice and fresh, keep her in this Queensland, uh, Queensland sun and um, just hope she draws a good gate where she could just be that touch closer to make it a bit easier as well. She's enjoying her time up here in Queensland and I've caught her at the right time. I've had three rides in now for a second down south and then two wins up here. So nice to get it done today. She had to overcome a fair bit last start and she had to overcome a lot today to get her nose in front, but it was a stellar performance. Yeah, and great to see her tick off both tracks up here as well. That's right, yeah. She's um, performed on top of the ground, and obviously we've got that here today. And um, she began nicely. I didn't ride too negatively, but that then seen me um, sort of lose a spot and had to come back to sit last to, to get in and get some cover. I must admit, they went only steady and improved halfway, and I thought oh, I'm a long way off them here, but she's got a great turn of foot, and, um, yeah, she just wants to please you, and that's exactly what she did there today. All right, she'll be one of uh, a few going towards the uh, Tats TR. We'll put a market up in a moment. First of all, here's the uh, other jockeys in the race. Hugh Bowman, Yamazaki. Yeah, really proud of her. Settled better today with a more genuine pace and presented to win. It turned out to be a bit of a fight and she fought very hard. So Nudge was too good again, but she did her job. I was pleased with her. Rachel King, Rock O'Clock. Um, yeah, super run. Probably the bad gate actually just beat us a bit today because she jumped really well, but um, another really honest run from her. James McDonald, Natoya. Yeah, she went good. She loomed as the winner. She'll improve off that run. Glenn Boss, Jim of Scotland. Yeah, she was great. Um, yeah, she's just a good toiler, this mare. Um, really just goes out there and does her absolute best. Had a lovely run and yeah, wasn't beaten far. Brad Stewart, walking flying. Um, yeah, no, she went, she went really good. Tried hard in um, pretty good company, but uh, she finished the race off good. Um, yeah, pretty good. Jim Byrne in good health? Yeah, she just wanted to go too hard. Mouth was wide open. Um, it's not so bad going the first furlong a little bit quick, but when you start trying to rate her, her mouth was wide open. She didn't want to come back, and you know it was just a little bit disappointing. Probably seen the end of it too, this prep. Nash Rewilla, Polly Gray? Yeah, found the run of the race um, to her credit because she's not really a mile, but um, just found the ground a bit firm. You know, she, if she can find a wet track in the next couple of weeks... 2,000 or even a little bit further, she'll be, she'll be winning. Ben Thompson, perfect deal? Yeah, honest enough run for where she's going to get to. Um, only second up, taking on some high-quality fillies and mares. Uh, we'll get to see what she's made of when she gets to 2,000 and beyond. Andrew Mallion, Eliferous? Yeah, she uh, travelled lovely um, when I put her to the sword on the corner. Um, she just sort of spat the bit out went through the motions. Uh, I'd say off that run, we'll probably uh, send her to the breeding barn. All right, let's have a look at the uh, the market for the uh, Tatch Tiara, which comes up... Uh, in, is it now? Three, three weeks. Three weeks. Always a good race. 
Uh, always a very good race. So there we go. That's what we got there. Mizzy's been sold, but she might be heading there. She, That's I a good even race, isn't there. it? Yep. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have a look at the Morton Cup Group 2 sprint won by Borley yesterday. All right, let's go to uh, race number five on the day, uh, Bernie. And this was the Morton Cup, and it was a win to, uh, to Baller for Tony Gollan. <coughs> Yeah, it was fantastic because everybody does love the comeback kid type thing and you're all very familiar with Baller and, you know, the ability that he showed early in his career. Um, so it was great to see him win the gold market last start and then come out and win this Group 2 Morton Cup yesterday. It was a beautiful ride by Bossy. He got enough speed on. Horses like Wisdom of Water, astrologists didn't get much luck, although Wisdom of Water did sprint really well still when he let down. And Zaniah was terrific. So the three place getters here all came from back in the field, so the speed was genuine. But Baller was able to really dominate here yesterday and I think it's, you know, just comes down to the fact that he's had plenty of issues throughout his career and uh, for various reasons, Tony's got this horse feeling fantastically well. Georgina Cartwright's done an awesome job. She rides him every day and it was interesting just to listen to the the words from the team each week that this horse has been there, he has just improved and improved and improved right up till yesterday. So it was uh, a very happy win for all the connections there with Baller. Obviously, um, Tony's riding probably fresh is best for him. She, he likes to space his runs. He may, I must say, he was impressive. Um, so Naya just struggles to just finish right off at 1200. So uh, she was riding her best yesterday. She looked paraded beautifully. and. Um, Wisdom of Water may have been just a little bit keen. The astrologist got caught off the track. The favourite, he didn't go a yard. Um, Splintex, he um, just said he just wanted to jump and hang, and he goes for a spell now. He just that that wasn't the real Splintex yesterday. Maybe, maybe he just didn't handle those conditions. It was too bad to be true. Too bad to be true. So he's going straight to the paddock, uh, Splintex. Here's um, Tony Gollan and Glenn Boss. He come to me in great shape. I can't take all the credit for him. He's always been able to gallop, we all know that. You guys know him in Sydney probably better than what I do. I just, just tried to keep him fresh for 1,200. I think he, he really likes that. Space his runs out a little bit where I can. And he's just a really, um, he's a happy horse with a bunch of happy owners, I know that. And you've, you've stamped an Eagle Farm box now too. Yeah, we have. That's probably my only real concern coming here. I know he raced well here in the summer without winning. His work here on Tuesday was, was, was really quite nice. and. The way you come through that work sort of give me good confidence coming here today, but you never know that box is ticked until you race here, and he was terrific today. He's not a Stradbroke horse for next week? No, he's not. He's, he's the best horse kept fresh at this sort of distance, 1,200, so I'll just space his runs, and the way he's gone at Eagle Farm here today, I suggest something like the Healy Stakes here on Tats Day be perfect. He's enjoying himself, this horse. Um, you know, I think I spoke to you earlier when I won him last up, Benny. I, I rode this horse as a young horse, and he, was a, he had so much ability as a young horse, and... Um, he was thrown in the deep end too many times and he just wasn't ready for it. And, and uh, when, he, when he went to Crystal, I think he just had bad feet and they just struggled with him. So, yeah, it's full credit to Tony. He's, yeah. he's given the time. He's let this horse uh, have race pain-free, which is a good thing. Um, and now he's getting back to the ability that he's shown as a young horse, obviously, because he's enjoying himself. Obviously, after a gallop, he pulls up well. He's, and he's, that's the thing, he's, he's pain-free, so he's enjoying himself now. So. Uh, yeah, well, well done to the team. 
uh, Golden and Boss combining with Baller. And Bernie, um, Tony Gollum was at it again in the last, uh, not only the winner, but um, the runner-up as well, trained the Quinella. Yeah, that's right. So it was a big finish. Um, I think there were six horses across the track in this last race, the Queensland Day Stakes. Um, mass Destruction, obviously, looking the winner at one stage. Tremonto looking the winner at one stage. Um, Satanta, who is, I think, Merchant Navies. I think I think a full brother, am I correct in saying that? You guys are probably more up to the date on the, the breeding than I. But, um, uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, so he's obviously got a great pedigree behind him. And he actually came to Tony and they were sort of trying to get him out to a middle distance trip. Tony's got a great eye for a sprinter. The first thing he said was this horse is, is going to be a sprinter. And he did that yesterday. I know it was a blanket finish and there was a lot of good work by a number of horses. Georgie's Pride started the favourite. They sort of dealt to her in the early stages with Kisakano and Tremonto going forward and putting that, just making her work which she hadn't been used to. She'd been fighting the front really, really easily. So it set it up for these sort of back markers to be swooping. So Mass Destruction was certainly a PB in the yard yesterday. I've never seen him look as good as he did. Satanta is just a good-looking horse all the time. Um, so no surprise to see him win. Kisakana was great. And Tremonto, that was his seventh run in this time in. He's probably at the end of it. I think if he spells, he'll come back and win a very decent race in the summer. Probably just went out a little bit too hard there, looking at the sectionals and whatever, and they just got very tired late, those leaders, and the pack were coming. It's a hard race to dissect, I feel. Six across the line when they hit the line. Uh, once again, here's Tony Gollan. Oh, really thankful to the owners sending this horse up. Shane McGrath from Aquas, he gave me a call a little while ago, and he had some ideas about sending him here for some staying races during the carnival, and I got him, and I thought, geez, he feels a bit sharp, and... His pedigree said he could sprint, so we just won our first start with him over the short distance. Ran him in that really wet day, uh, backed off him for this, and gee, it's good when the plan comes together. Well ridden by Ryan, we've had a torrid day, myself and Ryan as a, as a little group, and we said to him, mate, it's not how we start, it's how we finish, and he's finished so well. So that's the key to him, sprint him? Oh, definitely, you know, space his run, sit back on him. He's a, he's a full brother to Merchant, Merchant Navy, he's a very expensive yearling for the group, they put a lot of money to buy him as a yearling and we're so pleased to have got him and he's just done a great job. And that has to be a PB for Mass Destruction here today as well. Oh, he was awesome, Mass Destruction. I didn't know where to look. It, it was deja vu from, from the Kingsford Smith last week, but I knew both horses were coming strong late. There wasn't much between them all week coming into this and I come in with two really fit well horses I was very confident with. They always look well placed up here. Um, obviously still still got the family jewels and from time to time he can think a little bit, but his work Tuesday morning and his jump out before today was showed that he's in a really good headspace. He was sound, he was fit, and um, obviously this track when you when you've come here and you've won on it, um, it holds you in really good stead going forward. Tony says the key is sprint this horse. Yeah, absolutely. He, um, obviously, he looked like he was going to stretch out, but he's just uh, he's got such such good constitution. You'd think that he was going to get it, but. He's just um, quite, quite a laid-back sort of customer and uh, obviously today he was well-placed. Um, like I said, he's been really well-managed by Tony and the team, so uh, it's just a great way to end a very frustrating day. All right, so not no, no Stradbroke form there as such, but let's have a look at uh, Subpoenaed galloping at Rose Hill because Subpoenaed is going to the Stradbroke next Saturday. Yeah, and it could be a... A lovely race for her, you know, she can perform fresh, she she reacts to dry tracks and 
And it's one of these, it's what we would say a winnable Stradbroke this year. It's an even bunch with no real obvious standout. There looks to be good speed in the race. So it suits a mare like her and she looks to, you, know, you, you would have had a look at her yesterday. Wouldn't yeah, you? probably the best I've ever seen her. Really? And we know at Chris, we, you, you don't know she's around and then all of a sudden, well, this is a plan. This has been mm. a plan all along. Fred. She looks better now than she did at the start of her autumn campaign. Okay, well, she, she's a real live wire chance at, at big odds. We'll see the market in a moment. I think the other one... That 51 we're kilos, by yeah. the way. 51. I know that they were looking to get a, a engage a Melbourne jockey, but obviously that's... They're not going to be able to do no, that. So there's going to be so many lightweights in there's, this race. Yeah, so I, I don't actually know if they've confirmed a rider, but they were trying to engage Damien Thornton at yeah. one stage. And the other one that, uh, as we didn't think about, nice and fresh, he trialled last week or so, but I am Superman. Have a look at this. He's uh, in good, good shape. Approach the home turn and Iron Superman who's got 54 allocated for the Stratty in a few weeks from now. Iron Superman swings for the two length lead from Regal Toff. Navy Cross coming through the centre. True Marvel being pushed on and Duchess of Windsor is still back last but Iron Superman is nicely clear. Uh, well clear in fact from Navy Cross has given an aggressive ride to get to second but Iron Superman way too classy for this lot and Iron Superman great work this morning on the soft six. Won the trial by three to Navy Cross. A head back to True Marvel and a gap to Duchess of Windsor. Well, he's twenty-six dollars. You know, there's, there's mm. a couple of good long shots here, out of sight, out of mind, they say. And there's your market there. Well, the horses are, we, we know Vega one um, did the job well the other day, and Wild Planet uh, Tafane they didn't want to sell her because they think she's a live wire chance. So you could go right down the page here, and you know I'm liking some of these horses like Subpoenaed and Victorum. And even I am Superman there. That horse, Signore Fox, was 19th in order of entry, but with special reward going poorly yesterday, mm. uh, it may not run. And Signore Fox was the next horse in to become the 18th horse outside the bubble. Outside the, the, the 18 would be Outback Barbie, Amish Boy, Dame Giselle, Coventina Bay, which will go around the Dane Ripper, the Kiwi, uh, trained by Robbie Patterson. Uh, and then Blaze Jowski and, and Wisdom of Water and those types. So that they, they miss out. Mm. Uh, that's the Stradbroke. Have you got an early? Have you got an early thought, Bernie? Uh, well, um, there's a few that I'm liking. Um, obviously, Vega One, but I think the Herovian is a, a classic sort of lightweight chance in a Stradbroke. Subpoenaed action, subpoenaed's action in that gallop looked unbelievable. So you know if she. Um, ticks off Eagle Farm, obviously a great contender, but it's a it, it's a fascinating race, the Stradbroke Handicap, and on knowing that already knowing the surface sort of surface we're going to have, um, I think you know taking on board previous winners at Eagle Farm is a, a very strong way to go. And the other race, the new race, the Q22, 1.2 million, 2200. What's going to accept here? Don't know. Toffee tongue, I'd say yes. Warning, yes. Brandenburg, yes. yes. Yeah, I'll get a field. Uh, Ladon de V went pretty ordinary. He'd say he would be in doubtful. I'd have toy her all line up again, won't she? Of course she will. <laughs> and Mark, will. did he mention about Spirit Ridge, whether he was going to push on with him? Yeah, well, I suppose that it's big money, even in the placings in this race. So, yeah, well, they'll get a, I think they'll get a field. Yeah. Spirit Ridge going there. Do you, well, do you know what's going there, Bernie? 
Yeah, Spirit Ridge is definitely. I just, uh, was standing with Mark yesterday when Splintex was racing and I asked him. So um, he's tickled pink about how he's pulled up and loves the fact that he's ticked that box. So as far as he's concerned, he has to hope, I guess, that Zaki doesn't tick that box. Um, but nonetheless, Spirit Ridge is going well, he said. And the great news is we get the Brisbane Cup back to 3,200 metres. So the Brisbane Cup will be run at yeah. two mile on Stradbroke Day alongside that wait for age race, the Q22. I think the Dane Ripper, the Wayne Wilson, and of course the JJ Atkins. And that's uh, going to be a beauty. It's a great meeting. It's mm. a great meeting. Annabelle's threatening not to run the, the, that, that horse if they don't water the track. So Watering the track won't make a difference. I know. It just I'm runs, sorry. just goes straight you through. Know, if you've got the, the prime product, you can ask. You can ask. Yeah. You should, I don't, you I don't know whether she actually asked. I think it well, was. Well, she was demanding. Well, I don't think that's the case. Why? Why? Well, I, I just don't think it oh. is. Well, that's the story I read. Yeah. <laughs> so she's so she's not she she's no, going to run Zaki. She's not yeah. demanding. No, she's no. not demanding. She doesn't seem I like a demanding a person. No, she's not a demanding no. person. Okay. Yeah. Right. She's yeah. not like Ronnie. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bernie? <laughs> Bernie? She was merely pointing out that it would be advantageous to everybody if the track <laughs> had a little bit give, of giving it. Now, I'll tell you what, I did the stiletto test yesterday on Eagle Farm. I don't know why they walk around with all those sticks. Lizzie can probably uh, <laughs> add to this. I just walked out there in a pair of stilettos and, like, paid attention to if they went into the same depth all the way across, backwards and forwards across the track, and I could see, could feel that it was very, very even. So I think next week I'd like to get a few out there in a few pairs of stilettos and just see if they get the same result. And next week we'll have a camera right on you with those stilettos just to I see do, how that track I, is playing. I do it every week in a oh, pair of stilettos. Oh, you've got boots on when you do it. No, when it's really wet. God, you can't expect me to sink in them. It's all, and I, I, it's either the track's soft or I've had too much to eat the night before. You wear your stilettos in, you take them off, and then you put them off and prance out the gate. Oh, well, I'll give you a pair. I've got a pair of stilettos and you can go out there I, I, and put I them on. I see how you operate. You walk yes. in, you're pristine in your stilettos, she takes them off, she puts the slip he's on for the rest of the Excuse day and she parades out like she hadn't got sore feet. Excuse me. <laughs> Don't you dare talk about people walking anywhere. <laughs> you never left your chair yesterday. You drive your car <laughs> half a block to the corner shop. Do not well, talk about people walking or have a go at them. Yeah. Right, okay. oh, I've oh. never seen Greg turn on you. Oh, he's usually a supporter. <laughs> when it comes to... Well, let, well, we've got a few minutes. Um, once upon a time, I used to go out the front at Ramwick. Lizzie joins me out the front. And once upon a time, Duffus used to walk out the front at Ramwick. Well, it's not set up properly. You know, I've got to see, I've got to have monitors, so you miss too many things out there. That's, that's not the reason. <laughs> it's too far. No. It's well, too far it, to walk. No, it's not. I You're enjoy tired it. by the end of the day. I look at my steps at the end of the day, I'm so proud. Oh. <laughs> 20. <laughs> Oh, we've we got do 20,000. We've got to have a step to get him up on the stage in the studio. He is such a diva. <laughs> we got more Eagle Farm races to look at. We do. Um, after a break, we'll come back.
Okay, let's have a look at uh, race number two on the program. This is the authentic security, the Phoenix. Now, while we're watching this race, this is over 1,500 metres. Uh, these horses not going to the JJ next week. But keep in mind, coming up in a couple of weeks on Tats Tiara Day, there's an 1,800 metre two-year-old race that's uh, appeared on the calendar. Well, this has to be the lead-up, uh, you would think. So, look, he, he's... Um, He's work in progress, this horse. He, he just seems to float mid-race and he seems to lose interest and he, he needs waking up and that's exactly what Craig Williams did with him yesterday. I think he's got a bit of talent. Um, there's talk he might be a nice trade horse for Hong Kong, um, but that may come later on, um, more so than, than now, I would think. Um, Verbeck, yes, he's the 1800 written all over him. He travelled sweetly, just didn't know how to let down. And, and that uh, nice Kiwi to Takaka, um, he's the half-brother to Melody Bell, who I think he's got that 1800 written all over him in a couple, in a couple of weeks. So, um, other than that, it was, uh, considering it was a listed race, I don't think it's, it was very strong, to tell you the truth. Yeah, Bernie, obviously Tony Pike would more than likely head there, and I think Luke Price is uh, hoping to head there as well with the runner-up. Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't they? Um, to the cuck up particularly was, was great from back in the field and a big improvement on what we saw at the Sunshine Coast. I know they took the tongue tie off yesterday as well, but he was a horse that um, paraded pretty impeccably and I think next time you see that horse in the yard, he's, he's going to be tip-top shape. Um, the winner was interesting, I guess, because we expected him just to, to bounce out and grab the steel and, and roll along, but Craig was really niggling right from the start of that race. So I guess that gives him, uh, well, as Ronnie said, he's a work in progress, but I guess it gives the win a little bit more merit. OK, great JJ coming up. Uh, let's have a look at that market now. A mile group one, Converge, Port Louis, Tiger of Malay, Overpass, Yarnis, Ranch Hand, so all that size produce form, which Tiger of Malay won. Uh, and there's the second page. We'll get to Cape Breton in a moment. Um, Tommy Berry's going up to ride Overman. So we've got a bit of uh, Sydney form to blend in there. Yeah, always a great race, the JJ. Looks an even one again. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of interest. Gives you Bowman will get his chance there. Uh, put on Port Louis to ride his 100th. That's right. He's on 99, and I don't think he has a ride in the Stradbroke. Probably no, can't the ride the weight. Yep. That might be the chance. Here's, uh, here's the third. This is the cutest race, Bernie, uh, for the uh, cutest-only horses, Tumbler, Tumbler Ridge. Yeah, fantastic uh, return to the winner's store for Tumbler Ridge and well done to the Bar family, some of my old pony club friends there in this horse. So it was a huge day for them. And look, he sat three wide, but with cover. And that's what we're seeing a lot of at Eagle Farm with the bigger fields over the last couple of weeks, that a lot of horses are able to sit sort of three and four wide if they've got the cover. Um, and that is credit to this marvellous camber that they put in uh, when they rebuilt this track, not only the second time, but also the first time um, that's one thing that they really nailed is the camber and we're you know whereas before it was very difficult to win when you're sitting sort of three and four wide at Eagle Farm but they're doing it week in and week out now so a great win by Tumbler Ridge he'd obviously been an Eagle Farm winner before good to see Boom Sara he's fitter now as well back um, you know regaining perhaps some of that old form safe work was good from back in the ruck and I think bold style was always a false favorite in this race yeah, look, it's um, that Queensland Guineas form, the private eye race, that's been a good few winners have come out of that race, so that's a, a race to keep an eye on for future winners in the 
um, going forward. Other than that, Jimmy Byrne got suspended there. Uh, so a bit of a scare for him, but he he can ride next week, so he's out. He can for... ride. You can, he could ride in next year's Stradbroke. <laughs> the way things. Is... Yeah, well, the but, way things are structured up there, he could ride in the next three Stradbrokes, Bernie. He'd never have to face. <laughs> anyway, but he's out from the fourteenth to the twenty fifth at this stage. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, now, Bernie, let's go to this race. Uh, Usmanov and uh, Boomtown Lass. When they put the prices up on Wednesday, Usmanov was a 2.30 favourite. It did nothing but drift. Boomtown Lass was put up 4.40. It did nothing but firm. But they were the two they singled out. But the original prices got it right. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, Usmanov, I would say, has gained a length or so on his last preparation. He's just very genuine now. He used to want to rush things. Um, he relaxes in front. He had the fitness edge over Boomtown Lass and he had the barrier draw to be the dictator. So I was very, very surprised that they didn't rally for Usmanov. Um, and even pre-race, when you chatted with Chris Anderson, he was still of the opinion that she, she might need the run. Look, she ran a very, very credible race, there's no doubt about that. But um, it was always, for mine, going to be Usmanov the horse to catch. Listen to that interview with Chris Anderson. He, he wasn't bullish about her today, but going forward. And Bernie, you may mention a, a coat just wasn't right. It was a bit dull, and, and you'll notice a difference in her next start. Yeah, for sure. She had improvement to come both through the midsection and in the coat, whereas this horse, Osmanov, um, since he's been gelded, he, he's definitely tapered off and lightened off and it's made him just more of an athlete. And his win at the Gold Coast was super. And, you know, barring bad luck, he was always going to be winning that race, I think. Yeah, but Boomtown Lass was one of the few big, big goes yesterday. The big boys were in play with their big computers, but I, I think she might be the improver out of that race considering everything that was said and what happened. They obviously rated her highly, but she wasn't quite wound up. Simple as that. Uh, this mare, Charlize, is going fantastic. Um, Kieran Ma, David Eustace, Jai McNeil, with one ride. I um, think so. And she's going to the Tats Tiara now. Yeah, that's right. And she is another case of uh, a mare sitting three three wide with a bit of cover. Um, she did a great job. Groundswell obviously led out, looked the winner. That Eagle Farm straight can feel so, so long sometimes. Louvois was great under pressure, sort of on turning. Louvois actually pulled a little too hard in the early couple furlongs of this race, maybe even three furlongs. It took him some time to settle. And while Groundswell, you know, swept to the, to the lead, or was the leader, but swept, you know, to a convincing lead in the straight. Louvois kicked back on the inside, but it was all about Charlize who just, you know, gained that momentum, got out to the right part of the track and, you know, she's won in three states now in the last three months. It's a great effort. Good informed mare, um, peaking at the right time. Um, can't say much about the others, except he's, he's an interesting horse, this flasher. Um, I quite like him. He's, he's, he's um, 1,000 to... 1,500 metres yesterday and he was still rallying better than anything there at the finish. So he's a talented horse. I want to show you one more race. Go back to the first. It wasn't a, it wasn't a feature race. It was a benchmark 80. Mm. This might be a very good horse. Incentivised for Steve Tregain, Anthony Allen. You mentioned uh, plungers. This, yeah. this started the whole thing off. Exactly. He's an interesting horse. He's, uh, he's won his past three now. It was only a sunshine coast on a wet track where he, he just beat... Isabella Spring that day and then he went to Toowoomba and put about well, seven and a half lengths on him. 
got caught wide here, made a move, and just kept running. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Where's he found this one? He's another one of these Seamus Awards. Um, so, yeah, he's um, really in rare form, and he's got a set, of, set of lungs on him. Four in a row now. Yep. Four in a row. We look forward to seeing him. Um, and one more. Uh, Bernie, tell us about Orbison. Oh, gosh, Orbison. Well, Orbison is bred and raced by Jan McMillan, who's obviously a long-time uh, owner here in Queensland, trained by David Van Dyke. He is unbeaten at this stage. He is explosive. Um, and physically just an amazing specimen, actually, when you get up really close to this horse. We don't know exactly where he's going at this stage. He's going to the paddock now, actually. We know that much. But I mean, next time in what sort of races Van Dyke's going to target with this horse. But um, he's been a little bit, I wouldn't say of a mental case, but he's been a little bit of a thinker and he's been quite hypo. In fact, one day he got him to the races and he just scratched him because he said he just didn't settle in um, to his day at the races, which was, we love that about David Van Dyke. He's all about the psychology of his horses and where they're at at the right time. But he's a real talent and we can't wait to see him get, you know, into some deeper races, group racing. I'd like you to spend a few weeks at David Van Dyke. He'd straighten me up. Uh, um, he's an interesting horse. They've put him in the Everest market. Give him a slot. <laughs> I, 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 I think they've got to fight off a few offers from Hong Kong for him. Yes, no, they have. But I think, um, correct me if I'm uh, wrong, Bernie, but I think that the owners have said... No, they, they are plenty happy to race on, even though there's plenty of money on offer. That's what the article that I read recently about him. 34, there he is, he's on the third page. Is there any Everest movement coming up? Is, 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 what, what are they doing? I thought John O'Shea said a couple of weeks ago they'd, they'd have a deal done with Lost and Running by the end of the week. Things are quiet, aren't they? And Eduardo, why hasn't he been picked up? Don't know. Why hasn't someone got Eduardo? Don't know. It wouldn't be that hard to do a deal with Eduardo. I wouldn't think so. No. I, I would have I thought that would be probably the next two to go and then it's going to be a mad rush when these two-year-olds hit the, you know, the rosebud or something, I don't know. Yeah, if you're playing the game now, is it, it's probably a good year to, to, to wait for the three-year-olds to see how they come back because they look so good. It would be if there was only two or three slots to go but now everyone's waiting mm -hmm. and then it might be a mad scramble and they hold the aces as far as the deal's okay. concerned. I think those the two horses that we've mentioned, though, Lost in Running and Eduardo, have proved enough to gain a slot. Oh, I agree. So yeah. it's just a matter of time. They, they will be prepared for the Everest yep. with anticipation of getting a slot. Yes. Bernie, thank you. Stradbroke Day next week. We'll see you there. Book me into David Van Dyke's, oh, will you, for a week? Yeah, <laughs> he wants a week now. <laughs> a week on the Sunshine Coast. All right, uh, we're going to take... Thanks, Boom. We'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, Lizzie's going to take us through the Rose Hill card. Back to uh, Rose Hill now. Lizzie Jolse was part of our team there yesterday and uh, Kate Breton looks like it's earned a ticket to Queensland after this. Yeah, well, he's unbeaten, isn't he? He won impressively at Canterbury and then he 
backed it up with a really good performance yesterday. Um, they didn't want him in the market. All the money was coming for Royal Zell, uh, the Gary Portelli, Cathy O'Hara road um, galloper who was out the back in the yellow colours. But uh, Kate Breddon just, he just... <laughs> perfect position, ambled outside of them and then he got a bit of a break on the rest of the field. He was able to sort of kick away from them and it was actually quite a an impressive performance in the end. The second horse who's come up from Victoria, Hurried Proof, 100 Proof, I thought was a good performance. Um, just probably lacked that bit of match practice round this way. You see how he sort of um, lugged out at the end of the race. That probably cost him in the end but Kate Breddon, he's just doing everything right. He's a professional, does doesn't look like he's going backwards. Um, he's the horse that I'd be following, and I think the second horse can improve. I like him. I think he's one of these typical Chris Waller improvers. Um, he was always going to get out of the out in the market. I didn't think he'd get out to three dollars seventy or whatever he got out to after being a dollar eighty most of the week. But I, I think most of the sectional time and the Times watchers were all saying it was you know horrible figures from his midweek win. It's not all about Times. I thought the, uh, there, there was some. A lot to like about his debut win and where he was easy in the market there as well, mind you. So, interesting how he's going to run next week. Have you got a leaning towards uh, that horse or Overman when you're going to a mile in Brisbane on a firm track? Oh, I think I quite like this horse actually. I like Overman. Yeah. Um, I do like, I think there's not too much difference between them. He's way more professional than Overman. Overman's still learning his craft and he's still a little bit backwards, but he looks like he's got a lot of substance as far as he physically appears to you. But I would say this horse, Kate Breton, is a real professional and he just, like, that. that's a, a you know, the way he worked through his gears yeah. was a, a horse of, of a three, four-year-old, you know, yeah. not a two-year-old. He, he did everything right at his debut. He bounced into position, he settled, he's, he's well-educated. Yeah, a bit unassuming yeah. when you look at him. And then we've got to line up, you know, it's come to the end of a preparation with some of these horses. You know, how Converge has gone from strength to strength in Queensland mm. and Port Louis was a good run the other day. Probably not as good as Converge, but I think it's been a target with him. This this JJ's a, mm. an even mm. race. Mm. I think Converge, when oh, that run the other day... Terrific. He, it, it was... A, I Hopefully it wasn't the peak performance mm. that, you know, he. some horses, they can't stack up another peak performance like that. And hopefully that wasn't his peak the other day. Uh, here's Charlie Duckworth and Tommy Berry. Drifted in the betting and I'm not really sure why. Um, I think the stable's been pretty positive all the way from, from his last start win to today. Um, and he's ticked every box. As we said, after he won, won at Canterbury, uh, he continues to improve and raise the bar every time we raise the bar for him. So, look, the JJ is only, only seven days away, but um, press statement did, did pretty much the exact same thing. So wh whether, he's, whether we do that or not, I'm, I'm not quite sure. We'll have to discuss with the owners and obviously Chris. Um, but, look, it, great to step up to a Saturday grade and, and get another strong win. It was a sort of Guinea style of horse, so 1,400 was was what was required today and I, I imagine when he gets up over a mile he'll he'll actually have a little bit um, of a better turn of foot as well so a tough win and uh, a good reward for the owners. He gives you a really good feel from the time you get on him he's got such a relaxed nature but he's a, he's a lovely solid individual and um, he's got a lovely stride on him so I was always very confident in the run and obviously at the top of the straight I, I look like very similar to Overman here a couple of weeks ago I thought I had him Covered quite quickly, he just got lost a little bit in front there and then when a challenger came, he, he went into another gear and, and won it quite comfortably. So um, he's got a very bright future.
Very bright future indeed. Let's go to uh, race number two. This was the highway, Distillate. Uh, for Maddie Dale and Louise Day. Yep, and showed them a clean pair of heels, basically. Uh, Louise took uh, the, the bull by the horns. She just decided to go forward on this horse. Obviously, she got a claim. Um, no trial going into this, so obviously would have had a jump out down um, down in Canberra way, but I thought it was a good performance, a lot of improvement in her. She looks to me as though she's, you know, probably not as wound up as some of these other horses who was, she was racing against, and I thought that she found the line strongly, um, and she looks to have a bright future. Louise was quite glowing in her appraisal after her. Um, the second horse, Moetta, just hung in a little bit and proved a little bit hard to ride out uh, for Reese Jones, so definitely be following Moetta going forward. It showed that Anathol is back mm. to what he was, and Nikki Tricks found the line. But I think there was a couple of horses that you can also, Patino Ruby, I would say that was still a good run. Foxy LaBelle, it was hard to make um, ground back in the field. I think there was a few hidden runs in, in behind there. Yeah, Bettino Ruby went from one extreme to the other. Like she went out a million mile an hour, and then at the 1200, and then way back there yesterday. So there's got to be a fine line with her when she draws a barrier. She can box seat and prove hard to beat in one of these races. I would have thought, and it was a better run from Anthol, wasn't it? Here's uh, Maddie Dale and Louise Day. She's quite a progressive filly, got a good record, and we knew it was going to be a challenge to try and lead all the way today here um, with a bit of pressure on, on paper, but I decided with no weight that's the way we'd play our cards, and she jumped so well. Louise done a, a good job of rating her, albeit she got a fair bit of pressure from the favourite throughout the run. Gave a good kick and hold, held them off late, so she'll be better for that run. I think she, she's got a bit of fitness to come. Going through her grades, you know, she's done that in the country. These highways are a great opportunity to a stepping stone, I suppose, toward um, city class races or normal city class races. So she'll find another highway and then we'll assess. She's a very lightly raced filly and um, when Matt brings them to town, he generally uh, finds the best race for them. They're obviously there with a chance and it was a very tough win without a trial. She was fresh and, and she's a very quick little filly. And you always thought you were going hold them comfortably on the line? Uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> she was just hanging over the inside fence a little bit with me. I would have liked to get her sort of one or two off the fence if I could, but she did make things a little bit difficult at the end. I think there's another couple of lengths in her. Had she gone straight, she would have really put them away. So I think there's more to come from her. On to the three-year-old 1800. It was a benchmark 72, the third. When the prices went up, they launched straight into Wicklow here uh, for Chris Waller and Brenton Abdullah. I thought this was probably one of the best wins of the day. He looks a very, very progressive type. He's got really good racing style in this particular race. Obviously, he's improved a lot. He wasn't His racing manners weren't perfect prior to this run, but he sat back uh, midfield. He angled out. Brenton gave him a beautiful ride. And the way that he found the line and the, the, in the manner that he lengthened, I think he's got a, an extremely bright staying future going forward over distances probably longer than the 1800 he looks more like a 2000 meter horse even even actually longer than that so what's so remarkable about his performance is he's actually six months behind he's actually a northern hemisphere two-year-old at the moment so he's six months behind everyone else um and he looks as though he's got an absolute you know leg on the rest of that field uh too much caviar was still good up on speed he's going to go for a break now always on show found the line nicely along with Stylebender, who hit the line really strongly from uh, along the fence yeah, great astute buy, you know, whoever's found him, they've found him being beaten in, a, what is it, Nottingham? Maiden? A Newbury Maiden? I think he was, I heard he was trained by Tom Ward mm -hmm. and um, I believe the Pegums originally, Richard Pegum had him and then he was, and then he bought him, he raced him over oh, there and then okay, bought him out so here. Yeah. Okay, well, 
Boy, oh boy, I think it's the win of the day. Yep. I know it was an ordinary race, but that's the win of the day. He's six months, like you said, he's six months behind, and to do what he's done in two starts, he's got a big, big future, and he can only get better, and we know how Chris places these imports. He just takes his time. Let's hear from Charlie in Britain. Obviously, it's a big ask going from maiden grade at the Provincials to Rose Hill on a Saturday. Um, so... To, to do that, he obviously has a fair bit in hand uh, uh, with the handicapper at the present. Um, but look, we'll continue to try and get get him through through the grades, and we'll try and work out exactly where he fits in because um, it's all a little bit unknown at this stage. Mr. Pegum, he put the group group together in Europe. He was racing with Tom Ward, who used used to be John O'Shea's right hand man, um, and he was purchased off him and and sent out to us. Uh, just just before he turned three in in Northern Hemisphere terms, um, but he's, he's a really exciting prospect. It was just great to see him actually leave the barriers in a timely manner today because he was a bit of a handful for Brenton um, on on his, on his Australian debut, um, but onwards and upwards from here, I hope. He's a talented horse for sure, and like you said, he's well, now he's two and a half, so um, he's got you know a bright future. And I think the further he goes, the better he will be. But even his attitude from today, from the other day, he was just two different horses. The other day, he gave me a hard time. He bombed the start, um, wasn't as tractable, and got the job done when today up in grade. I reckon he's no joke improved six lengths off the other day, so um, quite a soft win, and he's a nice horse going forward. Let's go back to uh, race four, a three and four year old benchmark 72 over the 1400 metres, and it was uh, Waller. Berry. Yes, and a better track for Oscar Zulu, which is probably what has been holding him back. Well, not all the way through this campaign because he's only had that first up run and he performed really well, but he looks as though he's in for a great preparation off the first up run and now he's backed it up with a win. And he probably got to the front a little bit too soon on him. Um, he showed a really good turn of foot over that sort of at the top of the straight. You could see he found the line strongly and then he was sort of born and warrior was finding the line as well back in the field and Tycoonis was a massive run running third, um, sat last the majority of the race and then found the line late. So he's also in for a great preparation. But I think this horse has his, the key to him is dry tracks, riding with a smother and he's going to win races and go through his grades. But um, he's been a frustrating one. But I think now he's back on track. Oh, look at Tycoonist. Um, he obviously Chris Waller wide draws negative, but you know, it just didn't happen for him in the straight. Was going to, mind you, and if he did, if they did open up, we'd be singing the praises of saying what a ride. But it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen, and probably should have won. There was one horse there, Scream and Shout, as well, who I thought presented well. And just as I saw him um, being unsaddled, the saddle had sort of slipped back a fair bit. So maybe that might be a few reasons why he just didn't find the line as um, strongly as we thought he would. Okay. Here's Charlie and Tommy. It was a lovely race for him today, but he, he is a horse that's probably promised a little bit more than what he's achieved to date. Uh, so it was good to see him draw a nice soft alley um, and obviously utilise the services of, of Tommy Berry, who's, who's riding exceptionally well. Um, and he was just able to get him into a nice spot and, and deliver the result today. Nice sharp turn of foot. He put them away pretty swiftly there. Yeah, he did. He did. I think I think he, he loves just this this type of track, just a little bit of sting out of it. Um, and, and and then he, he does have that turn of foot. But like I said, early days as a three-year-old, we sort of thought, well, where, where can we go with this guy? Um, but look, he's... He's, he's got a good good win today and hopefully he can he can make hay while the sun shines. Got there way too early. We, we didn't go very quick in the run, so 
I thought I'd have a bit more work to do catching um, Gay's horse, but so I set out after her and, and I got the better of her very quickly. So he just got left there, didn't really know how to, how to go on with it. It's been a while since he's found himself in that position, but as we see with a lot of Chris's horses, once they get back to winning, um, they can go on with their winning ways. And he should continue on with it, this preparation, as long as he gets a track that suits him like this, like yeah. a, a sort of soft five, uh, soft six. Yeah, six is probably as, as soft as he wants it, but, um, you know, he's, uh, he, the riding was on the wall first up, a little bit worried about second up because he went so well, but uh, I think he's definitely in for a nice preparation and he's in at the right time of year. Let's go to uh, our next replay, race number five. This is the 1278 and Shadow Crush. Well, since they put the blinkers on him, that seems to have um, been the trick. He was really good last start with the blinkers back on. Um, he looked absolutely magnificent yesterday. Blinkers back, well, blinkers stayed on, I should say. Got a perfect run in behind the speed. And I suppose we weren't expecting Ramstein to just really, he didn't really go on with it. He led up last time and, and fought on really strongly, but he didn't go on with it. So it left Shadow Crush in front and it left him a little bit of a sitting duck like the previous race. They were all coming at him um, from every direction. Smart Image found the line really well. He's also looks as though a win's not too far away. Up Trumps uh, hit the line strongly and Ramstein, as I said, was coming back in the field. But there's a couple of horses that I thought ran really well. The Baker duo, Matawatapi and he's a hot shot. They just needed that run and they're going to be definitely improving um, after yesterday's effort. So look for them in similar sorts of races and uh, just with that little bit of fitness on their side. Okay. Yep. Um, they went out pretty hard there, so I, I could be a little forgiving for Ramstein because just looking at the time, and they've gone out pretty quick and crawled home. So, um, but uh, you're right. The, the blinkers have certainly done the trick with the winner. All right. Mark was um, who was representing Mark? Aaron Lau was representing uh, the stable. Uh, Mark was in Brisbane, and Sam Clippert and the winning rider. Doing a couple on the balance, which is good. Um, the blink has really made a difference within this prep. Remember a few runs back at Canterbury there, he was sort of running his races and patches and Rachel suggested putting the blinkers on and he's done the trick. Finished off well, I mean Sam had him in that good spot but he, he knuckled down well late in the piece. Yeah that's right and that other horse is out to get him and he was tough through the line. No, perfect ride by Sam, absolutely spot on, got him to relax and peeled off at the right time, it's a good win. He's a brave racehorse and um, he's very push button to ride which Makes our job as jockeys easier. He bounces and puts himself in a, in a spot. Um, I had a lovely run, but it was a, a good win because he um, peeled off the back of a hot speed. And I probably hit the front a little bit too soon, but um, he was very tough. And um, Mark Noonan places his horses very well, and they're always very fit. So it's um, lovely to get a winner for him. OK, there was a shadow crush. We go to Great House. Um, she had one job to do yesterday. What was you that? You did it well. Oh, yes. Oh, she had, yes. Thank you. <laughs> you had one job. I can't. I said, Lizzie's got one job today. We're going to listen what she says about Great House. If it gets a push, she can, it can win. Otherwise, it's got none. Yes. So, <laughs> so we, we listened, all listened. We listened very carefully. Good. <laughs> and, and we jumped on. And then we were, in the, we were, we were doing the mounting out in Brisbane. And Duffy's given me the signal like, this is just going to bolt him. Oh, well, <laughs> no, that, that was the signal. This is going to bolt it. Well, it was the longest 400 metres ever. <laughs> it was. Look, he didn't... It wasn't a big margin, but I think it was still a really good victory from him because we know that he can be a little bit wayward in the straight and he doesn't quite know how to level out. And we know, you know, I've always been negative about him in the parade, even though I know he's a talented horse. 
but yesterday showed me that he is putting it all together and to win first up over the 1500 I think he is they are cooking with gas going forward with him they were, they were smart stopping when they stopped with him last prep it was just to learn about him and now let's fix and rectify some problems and get him back and he's a young horse too he is a young horse and like Chris has got these imports that won yesterday a three-year-old a four-year-old and the horse later on who's a a well-handled five-year-old that he's going to have some fun with. Yeah, the beta brigade in behind them, Wariri Fall, Zing, I mean, there was only a sort of narrow yeah. margin between all three of those horses. They're definitely going to win races. And Steely was better back in trip. I think you can um, continue sort of backing him going forward in any race that he's in. Once again, Duckworth and Berry. Yeah, fantastic finish for, uh, for the stable. Um, and I think, I think Tommy would have been trying particularly hard to get past Zing, bearing in mind we gave him the option um, as to which one he wanted to ride. So, uh, look, fantastic start to the preparation. As, as we build up over a little bit further, we're obviously going to only see him improve. So, to get the win today, um, I, I think, put, sets him up for a fantastic campaign. Nice time of year to get that rating up that bit and put the money in the bank. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we're trying to crew, crew a bit of cash. He's still very, very lightly raced, um, but he's got a great deal of ability. Seems to handle handle most goings, so um, he's he's a pretty durable horse, um, and he, he's got that age age and maturity on his side, despite being likely raced two, which I think is obviously a massive advantage. A lot easier this preparation than he was last prep, that's for sure. He it was a different horse in the yard here today. He didn't sweat up too much, and and really handled himself well going to the start, and he drew Barry one, so he was in there quite a while, and he just did everything right. Even the part I was most impressed with was him not hanging in because that's. Um, became a bit of a trait with him last preparation and I think Chris would have liked to press on to bigger and better races with him but when he saw that he wasn't improving or, or learning anything he was getting a touch worse each time he, he put him in the paddock and um, he's brought him back for the winner which we obviously know he likes soft tracks and that was a very impressive win today. Uh, let's go to the uh, Winter Cup, 2,400 metres. Stuff found this one Thursday night on Formline, night's order. Um, what did you think of the Winter Cup? Uh, I thought the winner was actually pretty good. I think he's one that we can follow going forward. Uh, obviously, Inverloch didn't uh, race up to expectations. His World Cup win was much better, um, obviously, than yesterday. There was only the explanation that they had that he didn't probably stay the 2,400 metres. That was in the stewards' report. But the way the race panned out, we thought Knight's Order would be the horse that would be leading them up, but he just got that lovely cart into the race by Inverloch. He you know, had a, has a great turn of foot over the concluding stages. Um, Parry Sound, he just doesn't know how to put a field away, does he? He just, he lacks that killer punch. He always is consistent and you'd love to own him, but he's frustrating all the same. He just doesn't seem to be able to um, have that turn of foot at the end of his races and really put those races away. I thought he ran okay. Stockman, again, it's just a case of his racing style is, you know, not conducive to winning races. He's back in the field. He has to make up too much ground and by the time the race is over, um, he's, you know, in front of the winning post. But it's it's all over too late. Uh, Wugok, he just needs a wet track. Simple. Um, Stockman found a bit of trouble there too. He's had excuses. Three weeks in a row, good effort. Couple of Brisbane Cup trials there, I reckon. The winner. I reckon he'll go in the Brisbane Cup. Mm -hmm. And Sweet Thomas, who's a, a 
he can't find a race long enough for him, but he didn't go too bad yesterday. Okay, we're going to the uh, human uh, test pattern now. Uh, Neil Payne and also <laughs> Tim Clark. <laughs> Beautiful pattern. to watch. Beautiful to watch. Now that that was great. You know, Tim just taking the sit behind the leader. You know, and then from the turn onwards, you could see how he was travelling so good. You know, Gay and Adrian have, have really worked out this horse so well. You know. To get, to get him up to this level where he's at from last preparation, learn about him and then knowing him now, this preparation. So it's terrific to get a... You know, I'm sure Gay's won a Winter Cup. I think this is Adrian's first Winter Cup, which is terrific. But, you know, he's a nice horse, this fella. I probably went a bit quick on him the other day, to be fair. And um, But I think that uh, that run sort of... He probably need a hard run like that to bring him on and, and get him ready for the 2400. And, look, uh, you know, Inverloch um, showed good speed early and... I, I thought the pace was lovely throughout, you know, and it allowed my horse, he got into a lovely rhythm and, yeah, he, he was travelling brilliantly on the turn and uh, had, had plenty of horse to, um, coming into the straight and he responded well. What's your opinion of him overall after sort of riding him through this campaign? Uh, he's definitely sort of probably got to get to a mile and a half and beyond to show his best and, yeah, I still think that um, he, he's got a few, few wins around this company, definitely in, in his, in, you know, on his radar over the coming months and, yeah, you because know, he, he's really effective on wet ground as well. So, no, he's progressing well. He's definitely um, he's taken a bit of time, but the Swan who rides him, he, he's not easy, but he he's coming around and feel that he's going sort of improved each preparation that he's had here. Okay, he was that colourful we couldn't put him to wear. The, the, the white balance blew up. Uh, here's Mubariz winning uh, the second last of the day, race eight. Yes, and he's a very colourful character when you're having a look at him. He's got a, lots of white markings all over him, and he's uh, come back in terrific order this preparation. He looks as though he's putting a nice, tidy record together. He fronted up really well first up, and then he's now put the two wins together, and um, he's just basically, you know, he's one of those improving Waller types uh, that have come back. You know, they're another preparation and they're, they're absolutely flying. I thought there's a couple of really good performances in behind him. Obviously, Mr. Dependable was up on speed and, and that's probably the best way to ride him along with Monsieur Sissou. But the two horses that I thought ran really well were Berdebeck, Lagrissa, who stood in the stalls. She missed it by about three lengths. And they're the two greys. Lagrissa is in... Um, Dato's colours and Berdebeck is in the yellow colours. If you just watch him, he had absolutely no luck. Every bottom he could find, he ran up. Another one in there is Akari. Uh, she also found the line nicely with no luck over the 1800 for the first time. So there's three horses that I think have got a winner. Get your little black book Get out. your black book out. <laughs> and I've loaned you my pink pen as well. Okay, okay beauty. There you beauty. go. <laughs> uh, here's uh, once again Duckworth and for the fourth time today, Tommy Berry. Yeah, great win. Um, look, he was entitled to carry a little bit less weight than, than what he carried, but um, we were unable to find a rider at 52 for him, so we thought we'd, we'd opt 53 and a half and Tommy, so um, it's good, good to get a win and obviously great for Tommy to raise 100 winners for the season. Got that big action about him, but he finds the line well enough. Yeah, he does. Um, look, he, the key to him is just getting getting clear air. He needs to be on on the outside of horses, and that's why Tommy was so adamant trying to stay one off all the way down the back. Um, but look, he's, he's found his groove now and I'm sure as winter continues, he can continue through the grades, especially if there's more rain around. It's just great. It's been a, it's a, it's been a long season chasing James and getting in front of him a couple of times. But um, I really wanted to reach my 100. I thought to do that, you need to be consistent all year round. And it's something I've struggled with in the past, being consistent. I've sort of got on good runs and then 
whether it's through my own fault, um, haven't been switched on enough and just not getting the results I, I feel like I can get. And today, or this year, I really focused on it. I feel like I've been in a, a great frame of mind all season and uh, I've had great support from more trainers than I ever have, which has been great. And that other milestone that you're trying to get, obviously trying to catch James, he's nine wins away from you in the Premiership. You're not going to give up now, are you? No, I'm not happy with Wayne Pasterfield. He got him off his suspension last week. So he's, uh, he's, not, he's not my friend at the moment, Tommy. But um, no, look, it's, it's been great. It's, I think James has brought out the best in me this season, chasing him or trying to stay in front of him at a couple of uh, opportunities that I had. But he's an incredible rider and someone that I enjoy riding against. And um, yeah, nine away. So as I said to you last week, it, It'll keep him away from going on a holiday, which is nice. <laughs> We're running out of time. We've got one more race to play, but, but just take this in. Two riders have ridden 100 winners, Metropolitan winners this season, McDonald and now Berry. That has only happened twice in the last 80 years, and it was done by Beedman and Brown, Corey Brown, twice. Brown beat Beedman in the 0102 season. Beedman beat Brown in the 03-04 season. Both rode over 100 winners. You've got to go back to the 40s, and I don't know what sort of records they kept then because I, I wouldn't have thought there would have been as many meetings then no. as there are now. But Billy Cook and Jack Thompson rode more than 100 winners back in the early 40s. This is, this is a big moment for two riders, and when you're talking Beedman and Brown, for McDonald and Berry to do it, it's a big moment in Sydney Incredible. history. Yep, Incredible. it is. And uh, it's just on uh, that race, unfortunately, uh, Tommy incurred a suspension, as we mentioned at the start of the show. So he's out, he rides Stradbroke, and then mm. he misses one Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Here is the last. We've got time to show you the last. Um, take it away, Lizzie. Yep, the last was basically, this is how they finished off in, in the run. It was majestic shot all the way. She found the line really well. It was always going to, wondering what she was going to be able to do. Of course, she ran really well in the Denise's Joy last start, and she had to come from off the pace. But yesterday, Reese Jones put her in the race. He probably bluffed Expat out of it, really. I thought Expat was going to lead, but he uh, took the ball by the horns, um, and the rest was all history. Majestic Shot won this race from Sarah and Expat. You know, they, it was really, they just stayed one, two, three in the running. Um, I've been told we've got to go. Two markets went up uh, during the week. Uh, the Kosciuszko and the Golden Eagle. Now, 4.50, it's me's back in work. Yep. So she, she did a tendon and she's been out for a while. And Terry Robinson said straight after the country championship, he's setting Art Cadeau. What I can't work out, and I know this is a pre-noms all in, there, there are no noms. But I don't understand why Victorum's not there. Because Victorum's trained in the country. He's 107 Raider. He qualifies. And I'm sure they'd have to be setting him for it. Mm. So he has to go in. And the Golden Eagle market, well, Mwanga, uh, Hungry Heart. That's, off fire. That's, that's an unbelievable, that race. That's it. It's just gone the time we're supposed to get out. Right. Well, you better stop great, talking. Great job. You know the Thank trouble you. we get into a big Great job. <laughs> not allowed to ramble at the end because we run late. Yeah. Oh, the, the music's oh, Listen to that. Whoa. Yeah, play the music <laughs> if we talk too much. You're being so naughty today. When we go over time, they start playing the music. Oh. And we're now at least 20 seconds over time as the music gets louder. <laughs>